Welcome back to On Track Tips. My name is Jason Weiser, and you're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track. And we're helping your small business one expert at a time. And this week, our expert is Stephanie Sims. And Stephanie's going to be talking with us about how to budget your finances without being a human calculator. This is part four of our four-part series on Budget Your Life. We talked about budget your time, budget your fitness, and now budget your finances. For those of you that don't know Stephanie, she's a, re- she's a recovering investment banker who champions the small business owner. She understands business finance. She knows how business owners feel when they lay awake at night worrying about funding their startup, growing a business, finding financial partners, and even how to develop an exit strategy. That's why she commissioned the development of financeability.com. That's finance-ability.com or dashability.com. It's more than a website. It's a glossary and it's a one-of-a-kind online financial assessment tool. It's the perfect resource for small business owners that are asking themselves questions like, am I ready for financial partners? How do I find them? How does the whole funding thing work? And ah, I need some help. Financeability, it's helping you discover what it takes financially to take your business to the next level. Stephanie Sims, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Wow. Um, after that, maybe I can just go home. I don't have to say anything else. <laughs> well, okay. No, you can't go home. You're going to stay here and you're going to answer my questions. <laughs> I know. All right. Here we go. Uh, today's Twitter question. You all know that we love Twitter over here at OnTrack Tips. Use the hashtag OnTrack Tips and answer the question, do you budget your own finances or do you have an accountant or a bookkeeper to help out. And you go ahead and answer that question in the comment stream on the Google Plus event page also. Lastly, I want to let you guys know that next week we have a podcast launch party and this thing is going to be explosive. It is going to be so much fun. On Track Tips is going to a podcast. We have tons of giveaways, some awesome swag, t-shirts, coffee cups, uh, hosting, and one lucky winner is going to be winning this awesome Sony wearable three-in-one headgear so that you can listen to OnTrackTips.com. It's an awesome deal, but you got to head on over to OnTrackTips.com. Look for the big red button and push it. If you haven't pushed that button yet, you want to make sure to head over there and get entered into this giveaway that we're going to do for our podcast launch party. But we're not here to talk about podcasts. We're here to talk about finances. So, Stephanie, let's get right into it. You gave me an incredible pre-show list of things we want to talk about in this half hour. So I think we can get right into it. Um, seven ways to budget without being a human calculator. And you say, number one, keep it strictly business. Yeah, this guy is is one place where I see a lot of people, particularly people who are starting out, struggling. <clears throat> it's very easy uh, at the beginning to say, I don't need a separate banking account for my business. I don't need a separate uh, set of books or any of that. I'll just run everything together. The big problem you find very quickly is that when you do this, you don't get a very accurate picture of how much it costs to run your business as opposed to how much it costs to run your life. And so while those two things are interrelated, you really need to be very strict about what you're spending on business for two reasons. One, because if you're not able to understand what you're spending on business, then you're not able to manage that better, meaning you're not able to generate more profit. But secondly, if your issue is on the personal spending side, the way that you're going to address that is completely different than if you're having an issue on the business side, right? So you really want to do your best to keep those two things separate. Um, And there are some of the tips that we're going to talk about later that can help you do that. Uh, If you're currently running everything together, my suggestion to you would be to estimate, based on your historical expenses, what you spend in your business in one month and just take that amount of money 
and put it into a brand spanking new business checking account and see if you can actually run your business in one month with only that cash. That'll be a great test to tell you how you're doing. Strictly business. Now, this is one of those th areas that I talk with small business owners and startups all the time, which is mostly the people that are listening to on-track tips. They're people that don't have huge staffs. They're interested in things like, how do I scale my business? How do I bring in a staff? When should I bring in a bookkeeper or an accountant? So let's let's back up a little bit here. And I know that when I was building my business, I started out and everything was Jason Weiser. Everything was operated as my social security number. And, and as I've grown, I'm at the place now where I need to start making those divisions. What are some of the first steps? What are some really quick, simple first step things that we can do where we can start drawing clear lines between personal and business? Well, one of the things that I think you really want to do, particularly as you start to grow and if you're hiring people, is to make sure that you have a legal entity. So, you know, a separate company, whether it's a sole proprietorship, an LLC, whatever, we can do a whole other show on what type of entity. But you really want to keep you as an individual separate from your business. And the main reason is if you mix the two together, if someone sues you, everything you own as an individual becomes available if the judgment goes against you. You could lose your house, you could lose your car, all that stuff. So even if you don't see it from a perspective of, yeah, it's important to keep the money separate, just from a question of protecting yourself and your assets, it's very important to keep business and personal separate. So set up a company, an LLC, you can do it in 20 minutes online, and run everything through there. Yeah, that's, that's really important, and I just found that out myself. You can do it for 20 minutes online, and you can do it for less than $100. I mean, or you can hire somebody that's more professional, and you can spend, you know, to have a lawyer taking care of it, which I'm not going to say which way I recommend because I haven't actually personally gone through the process myself, and I'm still working on it. I know there's a lot of different variables, but absolutely go out and get your business and your personal separated. I know that there's a lot of people that are bloggers or social media consultants, you know, even at that level, Stephanie, do you think that, that even if you're doing like VA work or assistant work that you should separate your business and your personal? Exactly, because there's two reasons. Again, the liability. You don't ever want to think anything's going to go wrong, but imagine that you say something on your blog and somehow someone decides that they're going to sue you for it. You certainly don't want them suing you personally. You don't want them having access to all the assets that are part of your life. You really want them to only be able to touch what happens, what pertains to your business. So that's point number one. But then the second point I think is that you also absolutely have to keep, um, ah, I lost my train of thought. So <laughs> go ahead, Jason. That's all right. That's all right. So, yep, come on. It was, no, it was a tax question. Okay. In other words, in terms of taxes, there's also a lot of advantages to having your business separate from your personal taxes because it allows you flexibility in how you expense things and in protecting yourself for retirement. Yeah, so I want to bring up this comment uh, from Sarah. If it's going to work, it doesn't seem like Comment Tracker is wanting to work for us today. I don't know if it's on the screen or if it's not, but Sarah Server had asked the question, as a self-employed person, the line does get abused, doesn't it? She said, and, and so I need some help on this. So I hope, Sarah, that we've answered your question a little bit anyway. You know, uh, go out, separate, get an LLC, separate your checking from your business, operate under your business name. And uh, even while you're starting out, it's, a, it's, it's affordable, it's uh, cost-effective, it's easy to do. Well, I mean, it's, it's a relatively easy to do, and, uh, and, and do it right when you get started, right, Stephanie? Right, and the big advantage, too, is that it gives you a lot more credibility with future clients. If, you say to pe if people say, uh, where should I send the money, you say, oh, just send it to my personal checking account. Some people get a little nervous with that, right? They're like, well, what kind of operation are you running here? Whereas if you say, it, send it to my business account, and it's got a clear name and all that, they feel a lot more comfortable. So number one was strictly business. Number two, 
let's move on. We're going to talk about jumping the hurdles. What do you mean jump the hurdles? Well, one way to help you to help you control your spending is to really have a procedure for when you're going to spend money. And one thing I like to do is ask myself a set of questions before I say yes to buying. So if you have kind of a series of questions that you ask yourself, you only buy things that get all the way through all your questions, right? Um, for example, the first question I always ask myself is, is what I'm about to spend going to increase sales in a clear and measurable way? So if I'm going to do advertising, for example, is it very clear to me how I'm going to get sales out of it and how many sales do I expect? I think that's something that a lot of us forget to do, too. As I'm talking to people, they just think, okay, let's put it on financial cruise control and let's just hope for the best, right? Some of us just get overwhelmed with this, with this concept of uh, needing to plan it out and make a budget because we don't even really know where to start, many people, right? Well, and I think that what we're talking about today are ways that whether you've got an Excel spreadsheet with every single expense that you have planned for the next 12 months or you're really kind of flying by the seat of your pants, these are things that can help you get a better handle on your spending. So you don't have to have an Excel budget for all these things to work, right? These are just things you can put in place right away and move towards a better planning system as you learn more about your business. I got a question here from Heather Crafter saying that I do have separate accounts for home and business. However, the CPA told me to use my own Social Security number under me as my name and not my EIN. Can you speak to that real quickly? Um, well, I'm not an accountant by trade. So there may be specific situations where that makes sense. I would ask specifically, though, about the liability question. You know, does this protect my personal assets if I'm doing business with my Social Security number? Because a lot of times that's the test. Now, having separate accounts already shows that you've got the intention to have a separate business account and a separate personal account. But I would ask your accountant, does it really make sense for me to be using my Social Security number? Should I, should I not use the EIN? Yeah, and so that's obviously why we need to have another episode talking about when, at what point, how do we incorporate, what do we do. Uh, but right, let's get back to budgets today and uh, focus on number three, uh, the devil's in the details if you want to budget. Right. Now, on this one, this is moving us a little more, <clears throat> a little more to the planning aspect, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about when we're going to separate our business and our personal. We want to look at what we've spent in the past on our business and get in our heads this idea of an average month. You know, how much do I spend about uh, each month. Then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to say how much of that can I actually control? Because for example if you have an office space, well your rent is fixed. You can't, you can't decide not to pay your rent. Utilities, phone bills, things like that, you don't really have a lot of control over those. Once you take those out of your spending, look at what you've got left. Okay, Look at the pool of money you've got left and then say to yourself what is the single most important thing I need to buy this month for my business? and then buy that. And if you've got money left after that, what's the next most important thing I've got left to buy in my business this month? Keep going until you're out of money or you're out of stuff to buy. Absolutely, which leads us to number three, or number four, which is the, you said use the envelope system. Yes, and you, you, were, you were very funny. You were like, the envelope system, everybody knows what that is. And, and it's true that everybody knows what it is, but a lot of people don't apply it. Me personally, I only use it at Christmas. For example, so I, I am telling you, I'm telling you to do something that I don't do myself. Um, hopefully, I'm better at budgeting now, so it's not such an issue. But the key here is that a, an envelope system is simply saying to yourself, "Here's the pool of money I have to spend, and once it's gone, it's gone. I'm not going to allow myself, for example, to go over to my personal checking account and say, "Oh, I think I'll just take a little more money to buy this because I want it, or because it's cool, or I just got to have it." 
None of those things are justifications for spending money. In the minute, it feels really good, but later you're going to pay for it. Well, I know that right now, as I'm developing and expanding my business, at least on track tips, I'm investing quite a bit of money uh, into that side of it, and and I don't have a clear ROI. For example, I've got staff that's doing many things behind the scenes to make this show happen week after week, and um, and I don't know exactly yet what that particular ROI is on it. I'm speculating on it, and also I'm bootstrapping. So it kind of gets hard when I think about this envelope system. It's hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to stick this much amount of money into the into the account because I don't know what exactly. Uh, first of all, I don't know how much money I have this week. Quite honestly, uh, many of us. I mean, uh, and because you you know, client to client cash flow can at, at the bootstrapping level can sometimes be an issue. So it makes it a little more challenging, right? Um, let's let's talk then about the differences. You know, like you're bootstrapping, and so these strategies seem to work if you have consistent cash flow, if you have consistent numbers. Uh, but what about the person that's just kind of starting out, and they're not even sure if they're going to have another, you know, a client next week or or a job next week? Right, and that that's a great question. That's where I think we also have to take a step back and realize that we're not going to have a solution to everything right away, but that we could put some strategies in place now that will help us solve the small things. I know when when I've worked in several different businesses, one place that things went crazy was office supplies, which is which is nuts, right? Why would you spend too much on office supplies? Well, because you go there and it's cool and it's on sale and all of a sudden you think this is great. So instead of saying I have to solve this $2,000 problem, which is maybe staffing, start with solving the office supply problem. Buy yourself a Visa prepaid card and tell yourself I have $25 a month to spend on office supplies or 50 or whatever your number is. Use the card. You only take that to Office Max. You don't take anything else. So when that card's empty, you're done for the month. That will help you get into the habit of saying, okay, so I knew I had a budget, I spent it, and I'll just have to figure it out until next month comes around. And it'll give you some confidence, I think, by managing the small stuff so that when you start to get the bigger numbers, you already have a system in place. Yeah, the envelope system seems to be pretty popular with our on-track tips listeners. Heather Crafter, she says, I love the envelope system. I live by it in all aspects of home and business. And Cheryl Deuce, she tells us that she's cleared thousands in debt thanks to the envelope system. We're here right now. You're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track, and we're helping your small business one expert at a time. This is part four of our four-part series called Budget Your Life. Budget your time, budget your fitness, and today we're talking about budget your finances with Stephanie Sims from Finance Ability. And uh, we're going down the list of some different ways that we can finance your ability, strictly business, jump the hurdles, devils in the detail, use an envelope system. All right, now let's move on to number five. Uh, also, while I'm in this little intermission, uh, did you go ahead and tweet using the hashtag OnTrackTips and answer the question, I have a bookkeeper or an accountant or I do it all myself in terms of budgeting? Who does your budgeting in your small business? All right. Number five, Stephanie, you said it's all in the rounding. Okay, so this is this is another little trick that you can use that can help you in those moments when you look at something you say, oh, I just got to have it. This is the coolest thing ever. I absolutely have to buy it. Sometimes if what you do is you round up, so this, this is the trick that every uh, supermarket on the planet knows, and that's why everything is $9.99 and not $10. It's very easy for us to justify something under $10, even if it's only by a penny, whereas over $10 seems expensive. Play the trick the other way. When you see something that's $9.99, say to yourself, am I willing to spend $10 on it? When you see something that's $95, ask yourself, am I ready to spend $100 on it? You don't have to go far, but just round up to the nearest 
digit, if you will, and ask yourself at that price, is it still worth it? If it is, then certainly go ahead and buy it. But a lot of times you'll find when you think about it in that in that higher value, you say to yourself, eh, I could probably do without it. Or maybe it can wait. Or maybe I can find something less expensive. So, you know, it's just a little way of tricking your mind so you stay on budget. And that's really kind of what we're what we're looking at here. I mean, we're not we're it is some that's what today's show is about. It's it's some 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 things that maybe you might not have considered, or maybe you've heard them and you just haven't put them into into action. You know, so maybe today's the day that you're going to go and say, okay, you know what? I've heard envelope system enough times. I'm going to try it and I'm going to see how it goes. I like what you said about the Amazon. That's the, the or the, the uh, gift card. Uh, that makes sense. It makes great sense. Use a gift card. That is your envelope in a sense. You've got X number of dollars on that prepaid card. That, that, that's excellent. So it's all about the rounding. Um, on, that, on that topic too, it gets me thinking in terms of envelope about uh, regular expenses versus like these big one-time expenses. In my business, of course, I have to buy a computer every now and then and that's a big chunk. So how do you, what, what are some ways that you plan that uh, your envelope system when you've got these one-time big chunk expenses? Well, I think, I think that one way you could do that is you could consider that a fixed expense and just contribute to it every single month. For example, you say, I know that I need to replace my computer middle of next year, okay? And you know that the computer is going to cost you $1,000, and so between now and then you need to save whatever that number is, you know, $150 a month. So your business banker would be more than happy for you to open a savings account for your business, and you could simply every month make a payment you can even set up an automatic transfer from your business checking to your business savings for $150 a month so that at the point in time when you're ready to buy that computer, you simply go to your business savings account and the money's there. You know, this this whole discussion that we've had on budget life, budget time, budget fitness, and now budget your finance, one of the, what the per- prevailing themes is, is, you know, are you even making enough in your business to be able to justify these kinds of actions? So particularly talking about finances, right? Let's, you know, and I'm always talking uh, at Entrek Tips about how we need to set, you know, first of all, you set a goal and then you set a success metric off in the distance. You create those, you know, connect those two dots as linear as possible so that you're not running off on chasing shiny objects and, and wild tangents, but that you're really staying focused. I noticed in, in terms of budgeting my social media activity, for example, when I started to really curb that and control that, I saw that I was able to spend more time with my clients, uh, duh, and increase my actual, uh, the, the amount of money that I'm invoicing every week. So when we're thinking about things like this, this budgeting finances, I think, okay, I, this is where I want to be. I want to be able to buy a new computer. I want to be able to buy this next thing to make my business go to the next level. How do I do that? I'm going to need income. How do I get income? And so I think that, that what that does is it forces you to sit there and really focus on how you're spending your time in your day with your clients and in your business. Are you spending too much time on social media? Are you spending too much time creating lists just to check stuff off lists? I see these being two time sucks. So if you have a clear plan with your budget, now I can say, okay, this is what I need to accomplish. Here's what my monthly expenses need to be. I want to bring on these staffers. Once you get that budget in place, now you can start to say, hey, I'm going to really start cranking out some cash, you know, really start hitting marketing hard so that I can make sure I get the cash flow coming in that I can expand and, and, and uh, develop my business uh, this way. What, what are your thoughts on any of that, Stephanie? Well, I think, I think that's <clears throat> excuse me, a very astute assessment of the whole series and particularly important for finance. Um, I kind of think of it as the forest for the trees argument. 
a lot of people because they don't like numbers or it scares them or they don't want to look at it, they think that their budget is sort of separate. You know, it's not really part of my business, it's just this thing I have to do on top of it. And it's when you can really make the connection between where you want to go, which is I want to make X in revenue and I want to be making Y in profit. Well, to do that, here's what I have to spend to get there. Like you said, Jason, see where you are today, see where you want to go, connect the dots and realize spending money, this is another thing I think we all have as entrepreneurs, spending money is not necessarily a bad thing. It's spending money on stuff you don't need or that doesn't move you forward. That's a bad thing. So all spending is not bad. I, I really like this comment by Chris. I wish I could pull it up. Chris Volgerman, he says, budget often has connotations in our minds as either limitation or even poverty. Perhaps we should think of this as resource management. I love this expression, resource management, because look, if you don't have the resources to manage, you know, then then it's really all of this. This whole discussion really makes no sense. To, you know, if I'm not having cash flow coming in, if I don't have resources coming in, if I don't have accounts that are being billed and invoiced, I have no resources. So why even bother talking about resource management? And I like that that because that that puts in a whole new concept of it's not a limited amount. It's a pool of resources, and, and when, you know, when we think about oil, we think about gas, we think about drilling deeper and mining more resources, whereas budget does. You're right, Chris. That just really set a light bulb off for me. It, set, it sets kind of this fixed amount number. Like there's only like a limited amount of, of stuff that's available, like you said, limitations. I like that, resource uh, versus limitation. Do uh, you want to say anything else before we move to number six, seventy? Well, I, I just wanted to say I think that's also the the whole reason that you did this series is because the truth is what we're talking about is time, health, and money are your resources. That's what you've got as an entrepreneur. And so once you realize that, hey, these are things that can help me if I use them properly, then you get into that position where you're in control and you can actually say, okay, this is how I'm going to use them most efficiently or to do what I want to do with them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like we've said before. You know, these the tactics are great. The tips are fantastic. I love it. It makes us think. But ultimately, at the end of these four interviews, I hope that our readers walk away with a mindset shift, a mindset, a change that says, you know, it's not about a tactic. It's not. It's not. I can't run my business on tactics. I have to change my mind and my thinking to be able to grow beyond. And I think that's exactly what this kind of this budgeting series or this resource management series. Uh, I hope is doing for our for our listeners. Stephanie, you're the boss. You make the rules. This is this is number 6 that you had on your list. Let's talk about it. Okay. Now, the, these next two are are for companies that maybe have more people involved. And so this is something that people often forget when you move from I'm the only one who takes care of the spending to there are other people in my company who can actually spend money. You need to be sure that you give them the right amount of latitude because you don't want people coming and ask you if they can buy a pencil but that they don't go crazy, okay? And again, these rules that you're going to set don't have to be rigid. It can be as simple as the prepaid card for Office Max, where someone comes in and says, hey boss, we need to buy pencils, and you say, here's the Office Max card, you can buy whatever's left for this month. And they go off and they come back and they bought whatever they bought and you live with that. As you get bigger, obviously, um, you know, there are other ways that you can institute this by having some formal rules, but you just want to keep in mind you want to have a system where if you're not the person making the purchasing decision, good purchasing decisions still get made. Yeah, that that's very good. And, and and that brings us right down quickly in the last few minutes here uh, to everyone is not created equal. 
And uh, you said there that uh, you tell me what, what you mean by everyone is not created equal, and then I got a question for you. Right. Well, the idea, again, is that as you build your business, you will at a certain point have to let go of purchasing decisions, but you really want to be careful with who you trust with your money. And you want to make sure that they understand what needs to be done so that they're acting as, as if you were buying the, the asset or the making the purchase. Yeah, and that's really what the question was is I, we get a lot of questions here about um, outsourcing. How do you choose the right VA? How do you trust people? And now it's one thing to trust people with like my social media management, for example. I have a number of different managers that help different social networks, and they're the face of my brand. And we have very strict rules on what they can post, how they can post, so that they're consistent with the brand, right? So they're representing pro properly, as well as copywriters and 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 whoever else is working on the company. Now. It's one thing to say, okay, go ahead and put a post up on my Facebook page, and it's an entirely different thing to say, here's the keys to the kingdom. Don't spend too much money. How do you, I mean, really, how do you make that first step to trust somebody? What's, what's, what are some initial locks that you might want to put on or something to think about when you're hiring that person and saying, here's the bank account? Right. Well, I think that to me, um, and everybody has their own comfort level, but to me, someone that I hired would not necessarily be someone I would trust to purchase on day one, right? So I'm going to want to work with somebody and really get to know them and see how well they believe in my vision of my company, right? Because that's another key. If they believe in what we're doing together, it's easier for them to make the right decisions about buying because they know where we're going. Then as I've worked with them, as I've seen how they respond to the things I ask them to do and to our vision of the company, then I start small, right? I'm not going to send them out to buy a computer on their first day. You know, what I'll do is I'll say, you know, if I've got a, an office manager, for example, in a, in a brick and mortar business, maybe what I do is I let them be responsible for uh, the office supplies for two months and I see how they do handling a budget for office supplies. If they do great, then give them some more, you know, incremental responsibilities. But don't walk in and say, for example, with a bookkeeper, and I think we've talked about this before, Jason, with a bookkeeper, it's not a good idea to say to anyone, you have full access to my checking account, ever. Okay, so it's always better to say, here's the limit, and to either do it structurally through a prepaid card or something like that, or to actually just say to them, you have to get my approval before you can spend more than $100, you know, so it's clear. Thank you, Stephanie. We got Stephanie Sims here with the Get On Track, Stay On Track podcast. We're helping you, your small business, one expert at a time. Stephanie's our expert today. She taught us seven ways that we can budget our finances without being a human calculator. Lots to think about here. I'm really grateful, Stephanie, for everything that you had that you offered us. I want to make sure that everybody heads on over to OnTrackTips.com and look for the big red button and push that, and that will get you in contact with me. We're going to have some future guests coming on, the next experts that are on the way Wednesday. We're going to have Subi Zimmerman is going to be popping in. We've got Dennis Yu. Uh, from Blitz Metrics. I mean, this guy knows Facebook ads like nobody's business. Cynthia Sanchez is coming in. Jay Bear is coming in. We got a hot lineup coming right around the corner. And of course, don't miss our big podcast launch party where you can win coffee cups, t-shirts, mugs. We're going to have a blast. Shannon Hernandez is going to be here. We're just going to have a lot of fun cracking it up. And we're going to be giving away these here uh, Sony headsets so that you can win, uh, so that you can listen to On Track Tips podcast. 
As we wrap up here, we want to say goodbye to Stephanie Sims and say thank you so much, Stephanie. Where can we get more Stephanie Sims? Well, you can connect with me on G+, obviously, Stephanie Sims, or you can reach me at finance-ability.com. Um, I would love to get your feedback uh, on the financeability concept, and if there's anything that you would like me to address, feel free to reach out to me either on G+, uh, or on Twitter at finance underscore ability and let me know. Um, and Jason, I just wanted to leave you with a parting thought, um, something I've been thinking about as we've talked about this, a budget doesn't have to be complicated, but it does have to be used. Very good parting thought. And with that, we say goodbye to our expert for the day, Stephanie Sims. This is Get On Track, Stay On Track, helping your small business one expert at a time. Bye for now, Stephanie. We'll see you next Thanks time so around. Much, Jason.